girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And I am Sabrina. And I'm pretty sure I'm in town with you when this episode comes out. Or I'm about to fly out and be in Boston. About to be. Okay. I'm really excited. And have your spooky <gasps> My Stephen King creeper I'm girl picking you up, dream Driving week. you to your location, dropping you off, saying sayonara, and then yes. seeing you again in a few days. Yeah. We're going to have a little like slumber party and watch and make dinner and watch a movie, which I'm so excited because we have not done that in years. 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 Wait, okay. Years. Happy October to all of you, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. As we have told you, this is the month of possessions and creepy things. And that also transcends into our encounters episode. So we are not doing all possessions, but they are kind of in like the witchier, darker themes. So just a trigger warning or a, hey, this is what you've signed up for type of announcement to all of you listening. And a also a reminder to join us on our YouTube channel so you can watch us tell these stories and watch us get freaked out and make weird faces. Yes. And um, we did try Become to- slowly possessed. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the slow descent into possession. Watch it live, mm-hmm. I guess. Not live, but kind of. We also have spooky backgrounds that we specifically decorated for this mm-hmm. season, our holy season. I need to move my candles so that- they can get more screen time. They're all behind me. I desperately want to carry my this candelabra around and just like hold it <gasps> creepily. But you should. The candles are not secure, and I kind of broke it the other day trying to put one of the candles in. So mm. that's a fire hazard. You just got to get some fake ones to put in. Just duct tape them in or like glue yeah. them in or something. But the so then it's safer. I don't know. Yeah. But it looks so pretty with them lit. Safety with the candelabra as we're just like risking it all, talking about demons, demonic entities all month. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got to pick and choose what areas of our lives we're safe <laughs> We can't be totally reckless, unsafe. Reckless in. Right. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Sabrina, you texted me yesterday and you said, I have a theory that sharks and demons are the same. Oh. I'll tell you tomorrow. Oh, yes. Okay. You know how like there are just certain things that your brain automatically associates together? Like for me, circles are blue mm-hmm. and triangles mm-hmm. are really loud. Triangles are red. They're red for you? I was going to say they're green for me. But I a lot of shapes oh. also look red. Like a lot of shapes are red for me. Like they can be – they all have like specific colors and then I'm like, but they all could be red. And true. so I had this moment yesterday where I was like, oh, demons are sharks. And it just like kind of hit me. And I was like, wait a second, but they are. And then I spent far too long just comparing them and why why my brain associates those two things. And I think it's because we recently read an email from a listener who was like, not all demons are bad. And they don't mm-hmm. o- like they're not only like they're not there. Whoa, I just got possessed. So sorry. I'm back. Um, <laughs> that. <laughs> They, their only purpose is not to harm humans or to possess humans, but like some of them do. But I, then I was like, oh, sharks are kind of the same way, you know, that they don't always mm-hmm. want to attack humans. They just do sometimes. So now demons and sharks yeah. are the same. Demons and sharks. Now I'm trying to think of what the other, what other associations I could make with different aliens and cryptids oh. and spirits. Cats are aliens. Like, that are makes chickens? sense too. Cats are aliens for sure. Yeah. Um, Corinne, you are Bigfoot. That's my association. <laughs> I'm super hairy. Hairy gals unite. <laughs> Me and my cousin were literally talking about how hairy we are the other day because we're Portuguese. So we're super hairy. And we're like, does everybody else have this much hair on their toes? <laughs> like, Yes. Is this 
Is this normal? I shave my toes <laughs> regularly. Yes. And then it's so spiky. And then I, for a while, I was like, oh, it's just my big toe. And then no, I, it's all I of them. just the other day felt some other of the little toes. And I was like, oh, shit. It's all of them. It's not just the big one. It's everywhere. This is how hairy I am. Laser hair removal did not, like my body rejected it. My hair said, <laughs> mm, nice try. I'm stronger than you. No, thanks. <laughs> Also, you and I were saying that we both are starting to get hair and whiskers in weird spots. Like I actually – I haven't yeah. even plucked it yet, but I have a hair like a unicorn growing from the center of my forehead. <laughs> Mayfi, this I went is – from losing all my hair to now growing hair in my You're a magical creature and your hair is – yeah, I always get one – I get one long hair like right here and then another one right here. Mm. And then it's like – it's just like this weird line – yeah. I had one in my nipple that I plucked so many times it doesn't come in anymore. Wow. I'm sure it will come again. It'll show itself soon. But for the time being, it's damaged enough. Yeah. What's scarier? Hairier, hairy us, our hairy bodies, or demons? Demons, definitely. Oh, well, let's find out because we have some demon <sighs> stories to tell you guys. I have a really short one to start us Shh. with. Oh, perfect. Okay. This is from our listener, Katie, and it's called, Was My Kid Possessed? Hi, spooky goddesses. Gosh, that's the nicest thing ever. I wanted to share one of my spooky stories. In 2003, my oldest daughter was three and my youngest was just shy of one. We were all asleep in our apartment, my oldest Rachel in her bed in her room, and the youngest Erica in her crib in her room. I woke up in the middle of the night and looked at my bedroom door to the hallway and I saw a woman in a nightgown with short, dark hair gliding into Erica's room. I got up quickly and ran into her room to find no one there. So I checked Rachel's room and Rachel was gone. I walked out into the dark living room and I found Rachel sitting on her knees in front of the TV, but the TV was off. Hell no. I asked her. This is the poltergeist. I know. I know. I read this and I was like, holy. Wow. Yeah. It's exactly the poltergeist. Mm -hmm. I asked her what she was doing and she slowly turned her head in a creepy doll-like fashion. Oh, in a very monotone voice said, I'm watching TV, mommy. She then slowly turned her head back to face the black screen. I picked her up, fighting all urges to yeet this child out the door and carried her to bed. <laughs> I have many more stories, but this one was my scariest. I hope you enjoy. You may use all names. See you on the other side, Katie. Wow. Okay. Also, gliding, I realized as you were reading it, is an adjective that is so much scarier than floating. Because when you say someone floats into the room, there's kind of like this airiness and slowness to the word. But saying gliding, I'm like picturing it at really high speed. Like it's just like, yeah, it's like one level. They're not going up and down at all. There's like no movement. They're just like vroom. And just like speeding by. Uh, I want to know. I have so many questions about this apartment and if they experience other things because clearly the energy had shifted enough in that moment that Katie woke up mm -hmm. to look and see this spirit glide into her. Oh. Whoa. Bless you. I almost got possessed. Isn't that why they say good bless you? Because like you stop breathing when you sneeze. So they're like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, to wake up at that exact moment and see the spirit gliding into her daughter's room, like that has to, to me, indicates an en like a, a big enough shift in the energy to draw attention to it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I wonder if her daughter had any other cases of staring creepily at TVs or if this is like uh, – it's making me think of sleepwalking. Yeah. Like I wonder if something's – like if they thought their child just was sleepwalking regularly, but it turns out this kid is like possibly being possessed tonight. 
Ugh. Very down a dark hall. Very. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Maybe like, his spirit just wanted to catch up on what today's TV is like. Except the TV wasn't on. Right. They're like, how the hell do I get Better Call Saul on this <laughs> At three years old. Everybody always watches. The most important show <laughs> on my brain at three years old. It makes me super excited to have kids, but also like terrified because things like this happen. Ugh. We better have creepy kids. Oh. I'm to, I would, I'm going to trade my soul yeah. to have a creepy kid. I think my eggs are all like labeled creepy, creepiest, creepier, and like spooky. Creepier. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have like little Wednesday Adams babies. That. And then Nix is like, please, God, save me. Please be kind. Please be nice. His is just no spookiness here. His is just funny, funny kid, likes attention, funniest in the room. That's all he Pure. wants. Comedian. Future SNL yeah. cast member. <laughs> yes. That, that, that combo oh, will be nice. A creepy SNL comedian. I think yeah, I see I see be. the future for my child. I see it for you too. Thanks. Also, I feel like I shouldn't have said that I would sell my soul for a creepy kid. That was a joke, demons that are listening. It's called sarcasm. I don't and know. This was not an actual deal. Okay. Okay. All right. I have one. This is called My Ex Coworker is the Most Haunted Person on Earth. Oh. Hi, ladies. I hope you're both well. Corinne, congrats on your engagement. Thank you. Oh. I literally squealed when I saw your Instagram post, and I wish you both nothing but happiness. Oh, so sweet. On that note, I was so happy that I have been able to keep up with the big milestones in both of your lives while getting scared silly. This podcast, despite being horrific at times, <laughs> so wholesome. Thanks to you, too. And I want to say how much this community appreciates that. Anyway, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Anyways, with all of that sappy stuff out of the way, I'm going to jump into it because I already have a feeling that this is going to be very long. Eek. I've recently left my old job for a new one, and the switch has given me the courage to write to you about my experiences there, or more accurately, the experiences of my coworker. Firstly, I worked in a factory for a very popular brand. It was a massive building with large football field-sized warehouses surrounding a football field-sized production floor. Okay, so we're going to guess that this is Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to Something similar, here. yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Weird things happened there for sure. I'm not sure if it was because the production floor was so loud at times, but I heard strange voices constantly calling my name. They were all completely unfamiliar, but I swear it was like they were urgently yelling, Sarah, for me 30 feet away, and it was just jarring. Jeez. I would also feel like people were watching me from the warehouses. These warehouses had 30-foot tall shelves used for storage and shipping purposes. These countless rows of shelves went on so long, I swear you could see the curve of the earth if you looked down them. Oh. The warehouses were also often empty of people as only a couple people worked on a shift at a time there. Despite this, sometimes the motion-activated lights would flicker even though no one walked by. Or I would get a feeling that if I turned my head and looked down the aisle, I would see a figure at the end standing there Ooh. or just flicking around the corner. It's one of those things for like the this place is already very terrifying and you can tell like it's massive and right. it probably like the sound echoes in this place. So I imagine your your imagination if you're working there probably already is running wild. But then to like actually start to experience things, it's like, oh, yes. it's like the creepiest place to be. Well. It's so confusing, too, because I feel like, you know, the rows and the aisles can be creepy, whether you're at a, I don't know, like a hospital or a library. Like, there's so much obstructed yeah. view that your mind does run with mm -hmm. it. But this is, a, I would assume, a brand new building with brand new stuff. But so that doesn't to me, I'm mean picturing like anything. this kind of 
coldness. Yeah, like a sterile environment, sharp angles. Yeah. And so you kind of think like, oh, with all this metal and plastic that's new, there might not be any entities, but, but we're wrong. Yep, or I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, the most bewildering was the whistling. As I would walk past a specific corner of the building, every time without fail, a short, shrill whistle would ring out at me from the darkness of a high balcony that was only used for storage. Every day. Every time. A whistle. It drove me crazy, the whistle. And after I started asking other people about it, it stopped. That stuff was pretty creepy, but it pales in comparison to the rest of this email. Trust me. So in May of 2021, I hurt my shoulder really bad and I wasn't able to do my job for a few weeks. My boss decided to have me shadow someone at work so that I could at least learn something while I was out of commission. I shadowed under a coworker that I'm going to call Mason. He's extremely loud and outgoing and was always really fun to talk to, so I was pretty happy about spending more time with him. When I first get to know someone, I've learned to ask them right away if they have any ghost stories, because if they do, I get to hear ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't... We at least have something to talk about. That is very smart. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Good job, Sarah. We approve. If I had known this man would laugh and then proceed to tell me the most terrifying things I've ever heard and then leave me covered in goosebumps for a week straight, ugh. With permission to share, here is what Mason told me. Oh my me. gosh, okay. Mason has been followed by ghosts and worse his whole life. When he was a child, he and his sister Whitney lived next door to two other children, a boy and a girl. Mason and Whitney were both good friends with the little girl who we will call Laura, but neither of them liked the little boy who we will call Billy. Billy had an extremely dark energy and preferred to be alone and talk to himself. Laura and Billy's mother didn't mind Mason and his sister coming over during the day, but had an extremely strict rule that they were not allowed to stay after dark. Oh my God, that's so creepy. Especially just knowing the context of this already is to set up. an episode about possessions. I am not. Oh gosh. So scary. Okay. And as a little child, I'd be like, why are they turning into werewolves? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yes. One evening, when their mother had to stay at work late, they lost track of time and broke that <gasps> While playing with Laura, they all realized that Billy had disappeared. They found him in the kitchen, sitting in a chair. Mason said that he could sense a dark presence around Billy, holding onto Billy's shoulders. Billy looked completely different than usual, an insane smile on his face. And when he saw Mason and Whitney, he began laughing hysterically. And his chair began to float. <laughs> All three of the other children were terrified, and Laura begged her brother to stop. At that time, Laura and Billy's mother arrived home and furiously told Mason and his sister to go home. And soon after that, the family moved poor, away. Poor, okay, poor Billy. Mason and Whitney's parents. And also poor Laura, right? who's like dealing know, with this all the time. Oh my gosh. And then his sister is like, stop. It's like, I can't. I'm possessed. <laughs> I can't. You stop it. I'm help I'm, me. Yes, I'm compromised here. Like you need to take some action, please. <laughs> Mason and Whitney's parents divorced a few years later, and their father began seeing a woman who also had a little boy who was a little bit younger than Mason. The first and only time he went to stay at their house, he immediately noticed something strange. Oh no. It was a two-story house, but the entire family slept downstairs on a mattress in the kitchen. What? Uh oh. This feels very like conjuring esque. Yes. Later in the play date, Mason asked the little boy to show him to the bathroom, and the little boy paled. The only bathroom was upstairs. <sighs> Trembling a little, this child led Mason upstairs, and with every step, he felt something awful, and it kept getting worse until they arrived to the large, open family room at the top of the stairs. Mason asked him, what is it? What is doing this? And the little boy said, 
There's another little boy up here, and if you make him angry, he makes the walls bleed. Mason never went back to that house, but after that experience, he said that he was always able to walk into a house or a building and feel if someone had died there. He makes the walls He could go to the exact room in the exact spot where that happened. (sighs) When Mason was a young adult, he moved in with his friend Lisa, her boyfriend Kyle, and their five-year-old son Jake. Odd things began happening almost immediately. Shadow people passing behind them in mirrors, knocks, cold spots. The three of them decided to consult a Ouija board to see if they could talk to any of the spirits. Naturally, this went about as poorly as it could have. (laughs) After dropping Jake off with his grandma, they lit candles in Lisa and Kyle's room and immediately got strong responses from the board. They asked the board if someone was there, and it said, yes. Where are you? They asked. It said, C-L-O-S-E-T, closet. The closet in Lisa's bedroom had always creeped Mason out, and now he knew why. What do you want? They asked. Oh, no. The board said, L-I-S-A. Lisa. At this point in time, Lisa was thinking the other two were playing a joke on her, and so they kept playing. What do you want with Lisa? They asked. The board took a while to answer, but eventually it said, D-I-E. Die. Stop. And before they could ask another question, the board said, F-I-R-E, fire. And then the planchette moved to goodbye. Mason has a bit of a temper, and he's really protective of his friends. And so in anger, he pushed the other two off of the planchette, and he moved it back to no. Who are you? He demanded. Again, it moved to goodbye. And Mason pushed it back to no and said, who are you? This went on for a while until finally the board said, S-A-T-A-N, Satan. There's no way the Prince of Hell is spending his time living in Lisa's closet, Mason taunted. Immediately, the candles flamed one foot high and bright blue and then went out, and they were all together in complete darkness. Nope. Mason let go of the planchette, and it moved back to goodbye all by itself. The three of them agreed to never speak of the incident again. Holy. To break this story for a second... When Mason was telling me this, as soon as he said Satan, the entire facility lost power. No. It was not storming. No. Nothing was wrong with the electricity. We have several backup generators, and yet as soon as he said that name, the entire warehouse went black for about three seconds. As soon as the lights came back on, Mason just looked at me like, yeah, I told you so. Holy shit. The man was not even phased by this but it brought me to tears. After this incident, Jake, who slept with his parents in the same room, began acting differently. He was angry and misbehaved a lot, even though when Mason had first met him, he was a happy and polite child. Jake stayed up later and later and became increasingly more combative with his father and would often curse and threaten him in a way that any five-year-old shouldn't have been familiar with. One night, as Lisa was working a night shift, Mason and Kyle were up late in the living room watching TV. They had put Jake to bed at his normal time around 9 p.m., but he had fought them, screamed, curses at them, and even threatened to slit Kyle's throat. Again, this is a five-year-old. At that time, it wasn't out of the ordinary for Jake to set up to get up in the middle of the night. So when Mason saw a shadow move out of the corner of his eye in the kitchen, he got up to go put Jake back to bed. When Mason got to the kitchen, he stopped dead in his tracks. When he and Kyle had put Jake to sleep, he had been wearing his pajamas. In the kitchen, Jake stood in a Jason-type mask, wearing only a leather jacket and a diaper, and he was holding something behind his back that Mason couldn't see. What do you have, Jake? My God, I hate Mason this. Mason asked. Silently, Jason held out the longest kitchen knife they had, which, by the way, were hidden away in a place that he couldn't reach by himself. Jake said something along the lines of killing his father again, and Mason was now pissed. What? He grabbed the knife out of Jake's hand and dragged him upstairs and put him back to bed. 
As they neared Lisa's room, Jake began crying hysterically and begging Mason to not put him back inside the room. Jake said that a man in the closet with hooves wouldn't let him sleep and was making him do these <gasps> bad things. Oh, my God. So this is the same closet that <sighs> the entity was in. Oh. I think so. Lisa's closet, maybe? Because, yeah, nearing Lisa's room. Jeez. Mason stopped dead because there was no way that Jake could have known about what happened during the Ouija board session. Jake had been at his grandma's house, and the three of them had never spoken about the experience to him. Also, why would you? He's five years old. Of course he doesn't know. Mason immediately took Jake's bed and put it in his bedroom, and from then on, that is where Jake slept. Within weeks, his behavior and mood improved. Oh, my gosh. However, only a few weeks after that, the entire apartment building caught on (gasps) fire and burned down. While none of them were home, thankfully— but apparently the only thing left standing in on their floor was the closet in Lisa's nope. bedroom. No, no, I'm this is no nope. I'd have no other words. <laughs> right? After this, Lisa and her family decided to move states and he no longer lived with them. A few months later, Lisa died from mysterious circumstances that Mesa never cared to learn. But these stories were all terrifying. But this last one is what has affected me the most. How? I, how does it get A worse than this? Ago. I'm like, oh, gosh. Right? I know. I'm like, I thought it was going to be like, thanks for reading. <laughs> Bye. Nope. Oh, but here's what's worse. A few years ago, Mason and Whitney and their father went thrift shopping. They stopped at a very old store at the side of the highway, and as soon as they walked in, Mason felt the most evil presence he has ever experienced in his life. And after Satan, literally worse. (laughs) Good question. Whatever it was, it was calling to him. He told his father and sister that he had to go find some things, and he followed back. He followed it back through the room after room until he came to the wall with paintings and pictures. He had found it. It was a bright, serene painting of a field, and in the middle of the painting was an old well, and to the left of that well was a young girl staring off into the distance. Very ring. The feeling he had... Right. It also just reminds me of all the painting episodes yeah. that we've covered with the hands resist him and then the crying boy, the anguished yep. man, mm-hmm. so many haunted paintings. The feeling he had seeing that painting scared him so badly, he immediately went outside and smoked his cigarette. In a few minutes, his family joined him. We found it too, his father said, the painting of the girl behind the well. Whitney looked at her father strangely. Dad, the girl was on the right side of the well. Mason said, no, she was on the left side. They argued about this for a little bit, and then they went back inside to check. And when they went back inside to look at the painting again and settle their argument, none of them were correct. The girl was sitting on the well, facing them and smiling widely. They immediately (sighs) left the store, but the next few days, Mason had the most unnerving feeling that he had to go back and buy this painting. He wanted it so badly. No. And admitted to me that he still has to stop himself from going back to the store to check for it. This was the only time I ever saw Mason afraid. He said a few weeks after seeing that painting, his father called him before a family barbecue. His father was worried because he said that he had a dream that at the barbecue, he had looked out the window to see the little girl from the well standing in Mason's backyard. She was waiting. Nope. That year, Mason had moved into a new apartment and had Whitney out to walk through it after he signed the lease. As Whitney walked into the bedroom, she froze. There was a very unique, ornate light switch on the wall, and Whitney had told him that she had just dreamed about the painting of the well, and it had been hanging on a wall next to this exact light switch. No. No. Mason told me that whatever... I know. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Mason told me that ever since seeing that painting, he has tried to have his fortune read by several different people. Two of them said that his aura was a complete and total darkness that they had never seen before. 
Two of them told him that he would die before he turned 50, and the last one looked at him, immediately refunded his money, and told him to get out. (gasps) The worst thing, Mason told me that recently he and his sister have had a falling out with their father because he has gotten into some very dark occult practices. Once his father told him that when he passes, he is leaving something very special in his will for Mason. Mason told me that there is no doubt in his mind that that something special is the painting of the girl in the well. Stop. After hearing this, I didn't sleep for about a week, so I can't imagine how Mason lives his life like a normal person. I'd love to hear what you guys think of these stories if you read them on the podcast. Thanks and hope you're not as traumatized as I was hearing these. See you on the other side. S. What the heck? Yeah. I'm I'm not well. Mason. S. No. Where is Mason now? How is Mason? What's going on? Because I'm not... I don't know. I'm like, I keep scrolling this as if answers are going to come forward. Yeah. But I'm like, what? There's nothing. There's nothing. I'm... I'm... (laughs) S, can you connect us to Mason? Because I have so many questions and I just... I'm so concerned about... check on his well-being. Yeah. I'm so concerned. It's one thing... Okay, here's what's so interesting to me is that we know some pretty haunted people. I would say you and I have had a medium amount of experiences, you more than I have. But then we know some people who have just had a plethora. There are people who are just super open, like mediums and psychics who just like are inundated with spirits and spiritual activity all the time. But Mason mm-hmm. has just been he's just been subject to so many negative entities that I'm fear like it's like are they all connected are there multiple of them is this connected to the Ouija board experience and right. has oh my god oh my god Sabrina <laughs> worst time for ding 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 like and also the three knocks yes ding, ding. who's at your door I think a package um, I'll be right back okay okay hopefully I don't disappear okay We'll be listening in case you got possessed and we have to save you. Yeah, but it's concerning to me mm-hmm. that all of these things have happened to Mason. And I hope this Jake is okay yeah. too, right? Like the little and boy. Lisa, what happened to her? I know. Because <sighs> at first, I mean, it was she. she's passed away yeah. on the Ouija board. It did say, it said fire. It said that she'll die. It said that it's in her closet. And then when there was a fire, the closet is the only thing left standing. Yeah. Which is so disturbing. So creepy. And also, Jake, the little boy, said that he saw a man with hooves in the in closet. In the closet. Why? Why closets? I get that they're dark. But at least like basements and attics make sense to me. Closets, I just don't understand. And like I get bathrooms because water and energy and whatever. But why closets? If anyone has answers, please let us know because that's right. one thing that freaks me out. You know, because part of me is like there's there's corners of my room that I probably go in way less frequently than a closet. Like you go into your closet looking for things. It's not like it's this undisturbed sanctuary right. for a demon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand it. Um, Me neither. I'm concerned. Should we have a Should we have a Halloween special where we have demons come through and and they tell us all the tell answers? Us That's your our secrets. Why closet? <laughs> what's your self care routine? How do you take care of your skin? How many of them? What's your what's what salve do you use to keep your hooves nice and shiny? <laughs> do you hoof cycle? Do you take keratin pills? What about collagen? <laughs> what probiotics are you taking? <laughs> Okay. I still have questions about the painting and I'm so nervous about what happens. I know. <laughs> the painting is coming for me, Sen. It's so scary. It is. It is. Ooh. Okay. Ugh, the fact that the like little demon girl just moves about the painting too. Yes. And everybody keeps dreaming about it. 
He's being called to it. Yes. I can't. All right, distract us with an- another demon story. <laughs> I, that is my plan. It is from our listener, Elizabeth, and it is called The First Time I Saw My Mother Possessed. Hello, ghostesses. I've been listening to Encounters episodes for quite some time now, and I hope I never catch up because I want them to just keep coming. Well, good thing we have them coming out every week. I love learning about new haunted places and listening to real human stories because I relate to the spiritual world in such a dramatic way. You guys are awesome for creating a safe space for so many people to share their interesting experiences. With that said, let's hop into it. As you can tell by the title, I am here to talk about something that still haunts me to this day. So much of my childhood trauma stems from the church and the night I first saw my mother in a full-blown possession. Something I find important Mm. to note before heading into this story is for the many times I saw her in this state of possession, she was drunk on pills and coming home from the casino. I've read a lot about how alcohol and drugs can lower your energy to allow spirits, or as I like to call them, interdimensional beings, to inhabit a space in your physical body and mind. I'm only going to touch the iceberg on that, but knowing that alcohol's nickname is spirits, I do find this incredibly real. Let's begin. The year is 2016. I'm a sophomore in high school, and I'm questioning everything I've ever known about spirituality. I was raised in the Pentecostal church. Yes, the crazy worshipers who run across the altar have super long hair and skirts and occasionally speak in a language that only God knows called tongues. So I'm incredibly aware of heaven, hell, angels, and demons. And although I grew up in the church, I now see myself as a truth seeker. I've read a lot of information from different religions and spiritualities that I do feel all to be true. My mom is persistent about me keeping my faith in God, but she doesn't push too hard on it as I was only 15. The night I'm about to speak of would mean confirmation of spirituality to others, but only made me more confused than ever. Bang, bang, bang. I wake up to a loud bang on my bedroom door. At first, I thought it was a dream. But as the minutes passed, I couldn't tune out my mother's praying. She had banged on my door and just left straight to my sister's room instead of entering. Everything seemed off. It was me and my boyfriend asleep in my room, and I'll call him X. I was on the top bed, and he was sleeping on the lower pullout bed. We both looked at each other, stunned. But I quietly told him it was okay and just to let her work it out with my sister. We will call my sister M. My mother's voice was getting louder and louder, and my sister's voice was growing in worry. She then left her room to walk back and forth up and down the hallway from my bedroom and my sister's, praying. I decided it was no use trying to sleep and nodded over to X to get into bed with me. He was really scared, so I thought I would comfort him. I was used to this behavior having been raised in the church. After a while, her footsteps stopped in front of my door again, and she turned the knob. The door opened quickly, and she stepped inside. Her face was red. Her eyes were puffy. She looked very emotional and depressed and moved towards me, scared and jittery laying her hands on my head and then on X's head, continuously praying in and out of tongues. Then she stepped out into the hallway and back into my sister's room. I was beginning to get scared. So I got up, walked to my sister's room, and they were both sitting on her bed talking. My mom says, something is attacking me, something evil. Her body was shaking and her green eyes were piercing and darker than normal. She lifted her hand almost unknowingly and began pointing to her fingers while saying, get yourself out of here. Each finger had a word attached and with each word, she would point to the next finger over and over again. So I'm imagining it's like, get yourself out of here. That's so weird. That's so weird. Why? I don't know. Why? What does that do? I don't know. My sister and I looked at each other, not knowing what to do. Our first thought was to get to the living room. So we helped our mom up and we're halfway down the hallway 
Before her body grew heavy, she fell on the floor, shaking and speaking. But this time, it didn't sound like her normal tongues. For people who don't know, everyone has a different way of speaking in tongues, and hers was very easy to recognize after years of going to church. And this sounded nothing at all like I grew up hearing. It felt dark and heavy. Mm. We found my mother's boyfriend, who I'll call R, in the living room. He walked towards us to help her off the floor, trying to get her on the couch or outside to catch some air. I noticed X was now up and watching the situation, and I myself began to wonder if I could handle what was happening. We made it to the living room, and almost immediately, she started grabbing everything in sight. Remotes, cups, tables, anything she could to ground herself back into reality. Going back and forth with her and setting the tumbling items out of her hands back in their rightful place, she eventually made it to the couch. These emotions coming from her were getting more and more intense. Her eyes were rolling into the back of her head, and she started laughing at us, kicking her legs and smiling and losing control of her body. It did not feel like my mother was sitting in front of me. Her throat closed up, and she would make sounds I'd only heard in movies. Sounds like moaning and groaning, screeching and growling. We tried to keep talking to her, to my mother, not the entity now residing in her body, We said things like, you can do this, don't give up, you are strong, pull yourself out of this, we love you. And then we had to resort to speaking to the entity. You are not welcome here, get out of my mother, go back to where you came from. At times, she would come out of it, her eyes would focus, her body would calm, and she'd begin sobbing, telling us that she's scared, weak, and tired. And at one point, she asked for us to call our uncle, who was well-known in the church. I held her head through it all. After some time, I left the situation and stepped outside to breathe. I hadn't noticed how caught in the moment I was and completely forgot about X standing at my side. We both met each other on the front porch and he held me. My mom continued to be in and out of it, but I couldn't do anything more. We waited for my uncle to arrive and called paramedics in case anything serious was happening in her brain. At this point, a cigarette was unquestionably required for myself. We walked to the yard (laughs) while M joined us and we all stood in silence. This was not a situation we had dealt with before. It wasn't something we could process in a conversation. My mom's boyfriend stayed inside with her, and at one point, I looked over and noticed that my mom had crawled to the floor of the living room on her hands and knees. She kept crawling and stopped at the front door. Her body began to resemble something snake-like. Her elbows would bend. Ew! Oh, I hate this visual. Yeah. Her elbows would bend to allow the front of her body to be as close to the floor as possible. She would widen her eyes, stare at us, and move her head from side to side like she was slithering. If you've seen the video of a woman crawling up a temple and at the top she begins to move and weird and act like a snake, that's pretty much how my mom was at that moment. Soon, okay, the po- I haven't seen that video. I haven't but I'm either. For sure, googling that. I'm a little after. scared. I too. need to look this up. Yeah. Soon, the police and the ambulance arrived, and not long after, my uncle stepped inside. They did a regular checkup and decided that she was fine, and if anything, wanted to admit her to a psychiatric facility. My uncle was able to convince them that he would take care of her, and as soon as they left, my uncle grabbed a Bible. And for what seemed like hours, she was in and out of her possessed state, her eyes rolling, laughing, and snarling at our comments and prayers. I can't remember the last time I prayed, but I sure did that night. After a while, she was back on the couch, sitting crisscross, and her body was hunched over. My uncle opened the Bible, placed it face down on her back, and continued to pray and speak to her, saying things like, Stop acting like this. Stop letting something so insignificant take control. You are better than this. You are protected. She reached out her hands and burst into prayer again. Her hands stretched wide towards heaven, and almost in a second, her voice became vile. Words that sounded like Latin, 
and I wouldn't know, but it definitely was not tongues, came out of her. She raised her body onto her knees, manning, managing to keep the Bible on her back. Her arms that were praying twisted backwards and became stiff. Her head raised and her face became mean. She yelled, laughed, growled, screamed. And something I specifically remember was her mocking me. I was on the floor, crying my eyes out, feeling helpless. And she turned to face me, taking a few seconds to look me up and down. And at first she smiled, then laughed. After looking at me further, she just started crying, just like me, mocking me, mimicking me. Oh my God. And no mom would do that. Like the mom isn't aware clearly in this situation, fully possessed. All I could do was ask for her to stop. I had no more fight in me. I can't remember how long it took until she settled down and came to terms with reality. And while coming to reality, she threw up multiple times without anything coming out of her body. She just hunched over and gagged. I didn't speak to her after everything that night. My uncle and R escorted her to her room. My sister gave me a long hug, went to her room, and X and I sat on the porch smoking and watching the sunrise. I never went back to sleep that night, rightfully so. I mean, who could sleep after a horror movie played out in front of their eyes for the past few hours? This situation happened two more times after this night. One a few months after, and another incident a few years later. I was so traumatized that I couldn't deal with it anymore, and I left the room when it started to happen. I felt bad, but I knew I couldn't physically handle seeing my mom like that. And sometimes when I look in her eyes, it takes me back to that night. I feel a bottomless pit in my stomach and walk away as soon as I can. I'm more confused than ever with my spirituality. I do believe it to be a demon. But in my eyes, a demon is just an interdimensional being that I cannot comprehend. And alcohol or drugs is a way to lower your energy to allow those beings to inhabit your body for their own benefit. It's all so confusing. And I'm sure I could explain this with my my thoughts better, but I just needed to spit it out and let it go for once. Not many people want to hear this kind of thing or they would call me crazy or a liar. What do you think? Elizabeth, are you okay over there? I'm listening, but I'm also, I noticed some weird stuff happening behind me. Like there was a smoke plume and yet none of the candles were out. And now there's two flames. Hold on. Let me just capture the activity first (laughs) and then we'll get back to it. Oh my gosh. I'm sweating. Erin, I mean, I, what just happened? What the fuck? What? It's blocked by your microphone. So I cannot see what's going on. What's happening? What the fuck? Fox? Did you record it? Does that do that again? I don't know with my Sabrina. I, I have to look back and see if I got it. <gasps> I did. What happened? Oh my God. Okay. I thought it was a trick of light. That's why I went, no, that's why I kind of like leaned back, but then I went, oh, because I was noticing. Okay, look, watch. So you see how there's two flames here? Yeah. In this one candle, like one is in the middle and one's at the top. And then one of the flames just leaves the candle and starts going. <gasps> And then I was like, oh, is it a trick of the light? And then I kept, without this, I was like moving and going back and forth. And it happened one more time, but then not again. And then I did the same exact thing and then it didn't do it. How does that happen? I don't know. Will you send that to me? I thought it was a trick of the light. And in the video, it kind of looks like it's a trick of the light, but my eyeballs witnessed it from different angles. Will you send that to me now just so that we have it saved in multiple locations? Yes. I'm going to just send you all of the videos I just took. Okay. Because I took multiple. Oh, God. What's happening? Well, this might be our last year of podcasting. Thanks, everyone, for being here for so long. Oh, my gosh. We're about to be possessed. I'm, like, very scared. I think this is the start of it. Also, why? What is going on? Like, this candle has two. Wait, so there's two flames in one candle? multiple years. There's two flames in one candle. How is the second flame happening? 
Well, it was like one side. I mean, you can see that like other candles are burning perfectly normal and there's no air. There's no draft going on in here. The air is not turned on. The windows are closed. Um, This is. And I've owned these candles for multiple years and burned them. I have a black set and a red set and I switch them out for Halloween or for like Christmas or whatever. Half of like one side of the black candle melted and kept dripping on to one side. And then there was. So basically, it's like the same wick, but it lit two different oh, flames on the same wick. I'm. It's so weird because like watching this video back, it does look like a trick of the light. But the trick of the light only happens on camera. And I saw it happen twice with my eyeballs. It does not look like a trick of the light at all. It literally go- it goes up and down. I'm scared. I don't even want to read my last email. We don't have to. Maybe we don't. This feels like a natural stopping point. <laughs> I do feel like we should respond to Elizabeth, though, like, because yeah. it is a very terrifying experience. Uh, Elizabeth, you are making us haunted. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of our listeners are, because this is, I mean, that's a, and I feel so sad, like, how terrible, like, to feel like you can't help, one, like, to see your mom in that way and not be able to help oh my God, is so heartbreaking and, yeah, traumatizing as a child. Um, so I'm really sorry that you went through that, Elizabeth. And it does sound like it, it's the imagery, all of it. I yeah. feel like that's so traumatic. It's so scarring. Yeah. And also I have, I had a friend Cosby who grew up in a church where speaking in tongues was like a regular thing. It's your version of prayer yeah. to God. And so he, he himself didn't speak in tongues, but he, his mom did. Yeah. And he a few times would like imitate her to like teach other people about what it, what it meant to speak in tongues. And he would like, it's kind of like what Elizabeth was saying. Like there's particular sounds and language and like tongue clicks and mouth noises and that come naturally to someone yeah. when they're speaking in tongues. And it's like their own little language, their own accent of speaking in tongues. So the fact that this thing also, was coming through and speaking some version of that that was so incredibly different and foreign. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't even imagine being in Elizabeth's position and, to like and what her family the, felt and what her mom felt yeah. as the one being possessed. Oh, so sad. And like, especially like when she was able to come through saying that she was scared and felt weak and that she didn't have the energy to fight what was happening to her is so scary and sad, horrific. My headphones are doing that thing again. Yeah, I'm, I'm real nervous. <laughs> Okay. I think we are attempting fate. Yeah. All right. Well, well we hope that all of you are okay. I hope that okay. everybody here had – yeah, we hope you guys are okay. We hope everyone in these emails have uh, happy endings, and yeah. we hope that we do too. <laughs> and our editors, we're so sorry that you're now having to endure this with us. Good luck. Yeah. Future recordings, I'm moving this plant and the – and scooting that lamp over and we're going to do the candles on, so on you can either, see them. either side yeah. so everyone else can witness this stuff too. <sighs> what if the doll behind me just started like levitating? Oh my God, Sabrina. I don't know. I mean, clearly my reaction is to start filming. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I'd probably be like, oh no, that's awful. It is also weird that like, I mean, I know you're blocking your candles a bit, but like even when you were like this, it was the candle that is specifically blocked right by your microphone. Yeah. That is weird. And also, like, all the other candles were fine. I mean, one of them also started dripping weird. But, like, out of the group, they were fine. I noticed it because there was a plume of smoke up here in my video. That's why I turned around. But there was no reason for there to be smoke. All of the candles were fully lit. Mm. And then I noticed the double flame and then started filming it. I don't know. I'm going to go eat my pumpkin spice little blondies that I made yesterday because I feel like that's going to make me happy. Okay. 
I really wanted to shower after this, but there ain't no way I'm getting Actually, that might be good, though, to cleanse. Not a, literally. Well, I'm going to have to wait and have Brian watch me because I don't want to be possessed while I'm in the shower or have La Llorona or someone come forward. Hell no. We I can FaceTime while we shower, just like tilt it up so that we're, hey. I have made you do that multiple yeah. times yes. with me after recording. Yep. You've been with me in the shower many times. Yes. We used to have, like, this might be one of those months where, like, we're back to, like, going this month. Like, we need to stay on the phone with each other. At least it's not late at night. I feel like that's when we used to record and that made it a lot harder. Although it is a stormy day. Oh, I'm so jealous. Don't. Oh, I really hope it storms a ton when I'm there. I know. A little bit. I was actually thinking that this morning. I was like, man, this would have been the perfect day for you to be here. And I hope you do get a day like this when you're here because it was – it's stormy later in the day, but the whole day, like the sky is gray, the air is so crisp, and there was a gentle mist. So it was like technically raining on me. I went on a walk like in the rain, but it was mist, Ooh. so it was still comfortable. You're not actually getting that like, truly nice. wet. And it was – I felt like I should have like a little cardigan and this solve some spooky mystery. Mm, well, we have the spooky mystery. Not possessed and haunted. It's here. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it's here. It's present. Um. Okay. Uh, thank you guys all for being with us. Yeah. Um, Best of luck to you. Please let us know if you um, experienced anything while listening to this episode and email us all of your encounters to two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Join the pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just saying that there's a lot of love and light in this group and we won't get possessed, but it's possible. We do it together. Um, my headphones are still doing the thing. So I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have merch. Support us by joining our Patreon, shopping our merch. And also including us in all of your positive thoughts and prayers and spells and incantations and yeah. manifestations uh, because <laughs> we need clearly it. need it now. And thank you to our editors, Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, Max Lodian, and everybody at Upfire Digital. Uh, we hope you stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> they fire us. Okay. Um, oh, I just ah! I'm seeing shit. Sabrina, I just saw like a full on orb go by. We got to go. I'm <laughs> okay. Bye. We'll see. We'll get okay. We will. I'm lighting it. Okay. Bye, everybody. Love you. We're just not <laughs> even gonna you. do it. See you on the other side. On the other side. Yep. Maybe sooner than you think. Yeah. Very spooky.